This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Hey, Village Church. Welcome back to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Tim and Pastor Michael with you. Thanks for joining us today. And now, Pastor Michael, we've got a question that's been submitted based on Proverbs 22, verse 6. And here's the question. How can I, as a parent, trust in this verse when I'm experiencing just the opposite in my family? And, and the verse says, train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, that sounds like a promise, and I, I'm going to assume that the person that's asking this question is saying, hey, this verse sounds like a promise. If yeah. I do this, then this will be the result. Absolutely. And and there are a number of moms and dads, and they train their children in the Lord. I mean, no one's perfect, but you teach them the gospel, you train them, you put them in church and Awana and Sunday school and youth group, and you encourage them and you pray for them. And uh, on another level, many parents send their kids to Christian schools, they homeschool them. And there are so many levels that we can um, protect and teach and to train up our child in the faith. And yet, for many, many parents, they feel like they did everything in their power and maybe nothing even traumatic happened to the child. Right. But the child just strays, sometimes mm-hmm. to the point of outright rejecting Jesus. And, um, you know, this, this person's question comes from clearly a broken heart. Amen. That's and, right. Um, I, I can't think of anything that would make me more sad than having one of my kids walk away from Jesus. I mean, that would just be terrible. Tim, you've been... As, an, as a parent of adult kids, I've watched my kids stray at times. Yep. Some have stray, One has strayed a little further than the other, but we are just thankful that God brought both of them back. Yep. And no. that's like, thank God, you know, like... Oh. Um, many parents. It was there was a lot of sleepless nights. I can only imagine. And I got parents. three kids, and you know, seven, five, and three. God only knows what the future is going to hold for them. And uh, my seven and five year old are insistent they love Jesus, and I hope they do. And I believe the Holy Spirit does um, fill young children when they're able to understand the simple gospel. But mm-hmm. you know, time just has a way of exposing its suffering. And time expose the genuineness of someone's salvation. Mm-hmm. And so, adolescence is this huge season where people are pulled and. And uh, what's really going on in there deep down inside is exposed. And and that's hard. It's just gut-wrenching for mom and dad to watch. Some kids go through a season of rebellion where it's 10 or 15 years. Some of it's just a year or a season. And some people, your grown children are 40, 50, or 60 years old. And, and they're still far from God. They're still far from God. And and so um, here's the big principle. Let's just, let's just address this question. Um, I did what the Bible says to do, and it didn't pay off. And uh, there so is, is the Bible wrong yeah. or is my parenting wrong? Yeah. And, and the answer is neither. Right. Um, the answer comes back to the way we understand Proverbs. So every genre of literature is meant to be read and interpreted in light of its genre. So if yes. I read uh, a narrative story like a news article, I'm going to misunderstand it. If I read, um, we'll say the book Song of Solomon, which is poetry, like a comic, I'm not going to understand it because I'm going to be looking for the punchline, but there isn't <laughs> mm-hmm. one, you know? Um, you have to read every genre of literature in light of its genre. And when you understand why it's written, then you can begin to understand what it is. So, um, you know, in honestly, 21st century America, like we don't have a lot of genres that are similar to Proverbs. And Proverbs are general rules of life based on observations. That's the big picture of what they are. Right. They are not 
promises the probabilities. Yes. And probabilities, we know, are not absolute. Probable, probable could be 70%, 80%, or 99%. That's right. And, uh, and so that's one of the things to understand when you're just reading a proverb is to say, look, statistically speaking, if I am faithful to raise my child in the faith, he is more or she is more likely to grow up and to submit their hearts and lives to that faith. That is just a, a real fact. And the big takeaway from Proverbs 22, 6 is not do this and God owes you an obedient son or daughter. Yeah, this is not the ult- ultimate and automatic result because Correct. God promises it. Though I wish it was. Yes. I mean, that would, I mean, I would, I wish that that's how it worked. And, um, and I also get as an American reading this and then feeling like I don't understand this because, again, we're not well-versed, culturally speaking, in, in proverb literature. Right. Um, but really what this verse at the core is trying to say is this. Teach your kids the faith. Raise them. Train them. Tell them where they should go and what they should do because if you don't, they'll follow culture. Right. And so if you want any hope for your kids, you need to teach them the truth of who Jesus is and the gospel and the word of God, not just once or twice or once a week in Sunday school. You need to train up a child. Train is a word for discipline. It's That's an right. intense disciplinary measure where you are constantly communicating, teaching, disciplining, training, um, giving them the skills they need, showing them how to study scripture. I mean, it's a train is a pretty thick word. Most people think I sent my kids to uh, church once a week. They're fine. Right. I sent them the, the the, the, the children's ministry and that's mm-hmm. fine yep. and I send them to a Christian school or I homeschool them and that's all I need to do. Totally. But and it's much more involved than that. Amen. And, and so really what I want to just look at parents and say is a couple things. Number one, um, I'm genuinely, my heart breaks. Um, God has wired us as moms and dads to feel just a degree of what he feels over straying kids. Right. So the reason we even have these emotions is because we're made in God's image and he's a father. Uh, he is a parent. He understands that. And so when he gives us this desperation for our kids, it's actually revealing a part of his nature, character, and love for us as his children. Right. And so I think that's one big thing to understand is like my heart just breaks and so does God's because he understands exactly what it's like to have a wayward son or daughter. Right. Uh, the second thing I would just encourage them with is very simply this. Um, you cannot control the decisions or the faith of your children. You can only control what you can do, which is to train them in love and grace and truth. Right. And um, yeah, as parents, we can be responsible to our children, but we cannot re- be responsible for our children, for their choices or actions. Yeah. I- I've met a lot of moms and dads who feel responsible for their kids' lack of faith. And I want to I just like tell you a common scenario, more common than I would have liked, where a kid says, I'm walking away from Jesus because of the church or because of my parents or whatever. And at the end of the day, moms and dads, we can do things to harm our kids. And as pastors, like we can do things that make it more difficult. Then they're done that. But if they walk away because of that, their faith was not in Jesus. It was in us or the church. And so what you'll find with somebody who has a genuine faith is they'll talk about their pains, about the church. They'll talk about the pains uh, and the frustrations that the parents have unnecessarily put on them in the name of Jesus. But they won't leave Jesus 
if they truly have trusted in Jesus. That's right. If Jesus is their personal savior, Absolutely. then they won't walk away from it. So I, I, as a parent, here's what I know. I know that I can make my children's faith harder than it needs to be by the way I parent them. I know that in the way that you know you and I lead the church, um, we can also make this church a very hard place for them to be. Yes. Um, but just because we do that, it doesn't mean they're going to walk away from Jesus. Right. It means and, they're going to walk away from us in the church. And that's what uh, another piece of this verse at all that is often missed is he, he says, train up a child in the way that he should go. So it's really the job of the parent to see how is this child wired? What personality bents do they have? What works with one child in your own family may not be the best discipline and best training for a second or third child. So we need to be students of our own children to see how has God wired this child? What will be the best encouraging uh, practices for this child to walk in the ways of the Lord? And even if, even if you find that best way to train them, still not a promise. Still not a promise. It is a general observation about life. Yes. And so, uh, number one, encouragement. I just think I feel for you, and God feels for you. And you could look at me and say, your day may come, and it might. Pray for my kids every day that God will protect yes. them. And uh, number two is understand Proverbs. Um, and then number three is never stop praying for your kids. Um, because that is a powerful thing as a parent. God responds. It's yes. a, it's amazing when God hears desperate people pray. He responds. He never <laughs> ever responds in my time frame, but he is not negligent or absent-minded to your prayers. He is yes. very aware. He hears them. And if your theology of prayer does not permit a God to listen and then respond and move, it's not biblical. Mm. Uh, James says, you do not have because you do not ask. Yeah. That there are some things that God would give you if you ask, but doesn't because you don't. So here's what I do. I pray and I beg God. And so thanks. I want to thank the mom or dad who submitted this question. Really appreciate you and uh, appreciate your heart for your kids. Keep praying. And um, yeah. Listeners, thanks for joining us. And for all the parents that are listening, just in the same season of life, our hearts go out for you and we are just lifting you up before the Lord. And please don't forget that you can call us, you can send us emails, and we would love to talk or pray with you individually. Listeners, please do us three favors. Our first favor is Michael. Number one, share the podcast with somebody you know, particularly an enemy. What's number two? I think number two should be go to our website, vcob.org. And on the homepage, there's a button that says, ask a question. Submit your questions. We love your questions. They are honestly so much fun. So keep them coming. And number three, which is also very, very important. Very important. Rate and review. So we want to get this information and content um, to as many people as possible. And what we've learned is that um, on iTunes, if there are not ratings and reviews, it doesn't get pushed out. So we want right. to push this out. So we would just greatly appreciate the less than two minutes it would take you to go rate and review Thanks this. for doing that for us, listeners. Yep. And please join us next time when we answer the question, why does prayer seem to change God's mind at times in Scripture? Scripture.